Hello and welcome to the Whatcom Dads podcast, the podcast where local dads share their parenting experiences and some local kid-friendly recommendations. I'm Nathan Dwyer. I'm Mark Bagley. And I'm Mike Kudo, filling in for Chris Roselli. This week, we interview local children's book author, Stephanie Fields. Here we are, episode 22, and we have our first guest host filling in for Chris, who's out of town for a couple of weeks. Mr. Mike Kudo, welcome to the show. Thanks. Glad to be here. This is kind of getting like Saturday Night Live-ish. We have, we have guest hosts now. <laughs> yeah, you guys are kind of a big deal. Just saying. <laughs> are we going to get are we going to get a musical guest next? <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, listeners, if anybody out there uh, sings or plays an instrument. Maybe, Nathan, we get the Rainbow Singers to come up from uh, Vancouver, Washington and join us. Oh, Chris Roselli, the uh, most vocal alum of the Rainbow Singers. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, uh, let's introduce the listeners to you. Tell us about your family and uh, how recently you became a Whatcom dad. Yeah, so um, my wife and I, we got married just a couple of years ago in 2018. Um, we did kind of work together um, prior to that. Long story, we eventually uh, figured out that we wanted to get married, which is pretty great. Um, but uh, I became a dad uh, April 10th last year. So uh, we're coming up on the one year anniversary. So, um, so having a baby in the middle of the pandemic was uh, made for quite the first year of fatherhood. We call those one year anniversaries birthdays, just in case you're wondering. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you're 50 weeks into being a dad and all 50 weeks have taken place during uh, the, I guess, biggest pandemic of our lifetime. We hope. We hope. Well, we need to uh, move along with our bracket of best parts about being a parent. We've gone through the first two rounds, and we are now down to the final four. So, Mike, you're going to get to step in and have a vote. We've got four, four items left. Best parts of being a parent. So we'll cue up the uh, March Madness-style bracket music. And I think it's only right, since Mike's the guest, that he gets to go first in choosing um, the winner. Oh, All right. Okay. So, Mike, your first matchup, best parts of a parent. First matchup here, buying your kids presents versus hugs and kisses. Oh, hugs and kisses. Hugs and kisses, like hands down. I, I, there's no debate in my mind. Like that. Yeah. What what sort of kisses do you get these days from your daughter? Oh, they are gross. I mean, they are <laughs> wet. Um, sometimes it's just like this like a lip with the eyes closed and it just kind of comes at you. You don't really know it's coming. And then it, she just, you know, she just shares it with you and it's great. I love it. Mark. Yeah. Thinking about the different stages of life that I've been able to uh, experience with my kids, I would say, you know, when they're little for sure, hugs and kisses. Cause I, I I knew Mike was going to say sloppy and wet and just disgusting for the kisses and there's nothing like it. But then as they get older, buying a present, that's pretty fun just to see the look on their face, how excited they are. So this is a really, really difficult one, but I think that I am going to go with hugs and kisses. Oh man. 
All right. So you don't even need my vote. I was actually going to go the other way, but I was going to say Really? I was going to say it was like an overtime last second three-pointer at the buzzer. Super super close. Second matchup here in the final four. Cuddling versus making memories and traditions with your kids. I'm going to go for the making memories and traditions. Uh, it's definitely something that, that my wife and I uh, have talked a lot about as we've kind of started this journey. And, and you know, you spend a lot of time analyzing, like, what did I do with my family? What are we carrying over into our family versus like leaving behind or starting new? And, um, and it's, and I would say the cuddles are, we don't have a lot of like deliberate cuddles right now. So um, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to go for those things that kind of s- stand the test of time, the, the traditions. And I agree with Mike. And I think that it's one of the responsibilities of parents is to help create memories and traditions for their kids. So to me, that that's easy. Also, uh, Nathan, you know me much better than Mike does. I'm not really a touchy feely person. So the thought of having hugs and kisses and cuddling in the finals just wouldn't work for me. Well, I was going to go with you guys as well. Memories and traditions. You know, sometimes they are planned memories and traditions. And sometimes you just do something and it's so fun. You just continue to do it. Um, You know, I've started a tradition now just within the last three weeks of taking a different kid to the grocery store each Saturday and just having that time. So they don't need to be these well thought out grand things. Just things sort of happen and you like it. The kid likes it. Let's roll with it. All right. So next week we have a finale. We've got hugs and kisses versus making memories and traditions. Who will win? Your life can change in an instant. Car accidents impact all aspects of your life and lead to pain and suffering, medical bills, and time missed from work. Robinson and Cole, attorneys in Bellingham, can help. They have represented thousands of clients since 1979. They also handle other types of injury claims, including workers' compensation. Consultations are always free and are available in Spanish. Robinson and Cole, when you need us, we will be here. Well, listeners, you're in for a treat this week. We have local children's author Stephanie Fields here tonight, and she's going to talk to us about the four children's books that she's authored. Stephanie, thanks for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. So just to get our listeners acquainted with you, tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've lived in Whatcom County, and what you do when you're not uh, penning children's books. Yeah, so I moved to Bellingham with my family when I was 10, and I was here until I turned 25, and then I was in Canada for 10 years, and then I came back right before COVID, so um, just in time, so I'd be trapped up there with the border being closed. So I've pretty much been a Whatcom County resident for, well, since I was 10, minus 10 years in Canada. And I have a lot of different hats that I wear. I have several different jobs and I'm always doing many different things, but children's books, um, it's definitely a passion of mine and something that I keep going regardless of how much else I have going on. I just want to keep that flame going. So with that, how, how did you step into becoming a children's author was there something that inspired you to kind of go that pathway? Yes. So writing children's books was something that was on my bucket list for a long time. And I just didn't really have anything to say that I thought 
that I felt was worthy of a child's time. And then I was reading a book with my niece when she was little. And the only difference between this author and me is he did it and I didn't. That's the only difference. You don't need a PhD in children's literature to write a children's book. And so once I, that light bulb went off, I was like, oh, so I can do this too. So I had a little poem, a start of a poem about a little willow. And I just kind of started with that. I finished it as a poem. And then I thought, well, maybe this could be a book. And so that was where my first book came. And after the first one, the other ones really just flew right down the pipe. So how do you find your motivation then for what the topics are for your books? Yeah, so there's a saying that every author writes the book they want to read, and it's completely true. So all of the books have a message that I myself needed to see and hear and know. There's something about seeing it written in a book that just makes it so much more real. Like it it is written, someone else had these same thoughts, someone else felt this way, and they felt it so much that they had to write it and put it in a book and get it out in the world. And now I've done that, and it's just super awesome. So all of my books have very good morals, have good values, wisdom, life lessons, something, because the world doesn't need another ABC 123 book, as far as I'm concerned. There are lots of those. So I thought, well, what can I contribute? So You're Beautiful When, um, that one, you're not supposed to pick favorites, but that one's my favorite. <laughs> and it's the, it, we teach best what we most need to learn and having struggled with self-esteem and body image so much myself that was the lesson that I wanted to bestow upon others the most. And so that book is all about building self-esteem from the inside out and knowing that true beauty comes from your character, your kindness, your actions, your personality, everything besides your superficial, what you look like. So I know that book has a link to a fundraiser that you completed within the last couple of years. And also uh, the proceeds from that book help support a local nonprofit here. So tell us a little bit more about your beautiful when. Yes. So your beautiful when a portion of the sales go to Bridget Collins Family Support Center here in Bellingham. Um, a personal tragedy struck my family a few years ago, which led us to Bridget Collins. And the work that they do there is so immeasurably incredible. And I just wanted to do something. And I thought, well, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a therapist. I can't help in that way but perhaps my book can help. And so I did a big fundraiser and asking people for money during a pandemic is really not something I recommend. And so I have lots of crazy stories about that, but all's well that ends well. And so 750 copies of Your Beautiful When are now sprinkled all across the United States at the Children's Advocacy Centers in all the states and they're all under the umbrella of the National Children's Alliance. And they provide resources, support and trauma-informed care to child victims of abuse, be it sexual abuse, violence, neglect, you name it. They, they help these kids in, in countless immeasurable ways. The um, nationalchildrensalliance.org is the Child Advocacy Center website where people can go to find a child advocacy center near them And yeah, they do absolutely incredible work. And there's a donate tab right on the front page if anyone is interested in supporting them. And so this book is now going to be in their lobbies. They can give them out. They can just share them when they come in. And I'm truly hoping that that will help plant the seeds and nourish them for these kids that their beauty is not dependent on who they are, where they come from, what they've been through. It is just, it's their heart and their soul and everything good about them. 
Yeah, it's a great book. I've had a chance to read it to my kids. Uh, thank you for sharing that with the community and especially those uh, vulnerable populations which you've chosen to share it with. Thank you. Yeah, and it's not a typical book. Like, it doesn't tell a story, as you saw. It's really a book of affirmations. And I'm also a certified hypnotherapist. And what I learned in my schooling was that your subconscious is open to suggestion, like in that bit of time right before you fall asleep. So when you're reading to your kids at night, this is a really golden opportunity to be planting good seeds of good thoughts because your thoughts in childhood become your beliefs later on. And so to me, to be reading them this book about beauty from within and having them be thinking those thoughts right as they drift off to sleep. And that is also why the book is like very repetitive. It's a very familiar phrasing throughout because that really, really gets it in there. So it's a book of affirmations, not so much a story, but the, the pictures, the illustrations are by local artist, Phyllis Howard. She lives in Burlington and that book is beautiful because of her. I think kids can appreciate beautiful artwork as much as adults can. And so I said to Phyllis, I would really like for these, these drawings to be beautiful, so beautiful that you could take any page out and put it on the wall. And she just nailed it. And I was really demanding. <laughs> and she absolutely tolerated me. I'd never worked with an illustrator before. And she's an absolute wonderful, delightful person. So I credit so much of that book to Phyllis. And I, it's very easy for me to brag about that book because I'm just bragging about Phyllis. And the, the end result is spectacular. I mean, your words are beautiful and the illustrations complement them so well. And it's really a, a delight to look at and to read. So you, you, the both of you nailed it. So congratulations on Thank that. Thank you so much. If I have any legacy to leave in this world, I'm so happy it can be that book. Tell us about, um, so you have several other books as well. Do you want to share about those and maybe what the journey with those books have also been? Sure. Yeah. So Little Willow is my first book. That was the one I mentioned earlier. That was a little poem. And so it's very simple. And that book is all about, um, you know, why weeping willows weep and that it's perfectly okay to cry for all reasons. Crying because you're happy, crying because you're mad, crying because you're, that's, it's all good. And then the, we already talked about your beautiful one. And then sometimes is my quote, Debbie Downer book. It's kind of depressing because it's really about getting through just the hardships of life. And, you know, sometimes your friends are going to disappoint you. Sometimes you're going to lose the race. Sometimes you'll just wish you'd stayed in bed. Again, seeing it written, it just validates your feelings. And so this book, it's just like one page after the other, this poor little wooden artist mannequin just has bad things happen to him. And it just is one thing after another, after another. And then finally at the end though, it's like, but it's okay because other times things are great and everything goes your way and you, you ace the test and you win the race. And so it's every bad day isn't immediately followed by a good day. That's life. You know, sometimes it's days, weeks, a year, hello, 2020. So it's really about wisdom of getting through tough times. And then the last book, the newest one is the greatest treasure. And that's, a, that's the most like a kid's book, kid's book, because it tells the story of a little baby otter and his mom. And she, gives them the special little rock to, to use. Cause I don't know if you know this, but sea otters, as if they couldn't be any cuter, they have, they use rocks to open clams and shells, right. To eat them. And they have a little pouch in their fur and they'll, they'll tuck their rock in there when they have a really mm. good rock so that they can use it over and over. And so that book is really all about, you know, modern day materialism and how attached we are to things and to stuff. And so in this book, Sam's wise mom teaches him that, you know, 
the rock didn't matter. You know, it's the time we share together. It's the meals we have, all of the things we do. That's what matters. Family is what matters, not the stuff. So Stephanie, is there anything for our listeners that you would want to impart on them, sort of a takeaway from the topics that you deal with in your books? Yes, I would love to share with you my top five tips for nourishing self-esteem. And so these are for kids and for adults as well, because I think we all need reminding. So number one is mirror affirmations. So mirror affirmations are just, and this is something really fun you can do with your kids. So you get some colorful paper and some markers, and then you write down positive statements about yourself, about themselves. So, you know, it could be, I have a wonderful smile, or I'm great at math, or I have beautiful hair, whatever you want. And then you you tape it up on the mirror. And you put it there so that way you'll see it often throughout the day and you can see yourself as you either say it out loud or you read it. And it just, again, it's all about those seeds and nourishing them. And it's, it seems maybe silly, but it does end up infiltrating over time. Like, especially grownups tend to roll their eyes over the affirmation idea, but it really does work because we have, you know, 50,000 thoughts a day, they say in our, our brains, which is hard to comprehend. And I believe like only 10,000 of them are positive. So it's overwhelmingly negative thoughts all the time. So little things like that, just putting up little reminders and you can switch them up to, it doesn't have to be the same one all the time. And especially if it's something that you're, you know, very self-conscious about, just, just put up a positive affirmation about that and spin it around. And number two is you can play the I'm great too game. So this, this is really a, for adults, especially. So on social media, we tend to scroll through and feel pretty down about ourselves, right? Like it's, it's like, oh, look at her and oh, look what they're doing. And so the quickest way to snap yourself out of that is to just say, and I'm great too. And you can follow that up with a positive statement or two about yourself, or you can just say, I'm great too, clap your hands and be done with it. You know, and I grew up with Barbies and Disney princesses, which was bad enough. But nowadays, I mean, how could they make it any more difficult for girls to feel good about themselves? So, okay, number three, you can practice good night gratitude. And this is pretty much what I call body thanks. And so this is a bedtime routine. So right before you go to bed, you literally just thank every body part. So you thank your head, you thank your eyes, thank your hands, thank your arms, thank your stomach, thank your legs. And it just reminds you of what your body is for and that it's here to serve us and it's functioning and it's amazing. And it takes away the superficial looks part of it because that doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we should be thankful for our functionality and our good health. Number four is to seek beauty in others. This is where your beautiful one is also helpful because it trains your brain into noticing you're beautiful when dot, dot, dot. You're beautiful when you're listening. You're beautiful when you're teaching. You're beautiful when you're reading and all of these things. So when you start looking for acts of beauty, again, besides superficial, you start seeing it in others and also yourself. And then number five is to lead by example. This is for the parents. This one can be the hardest one, but simple little things that you might not even realize you're doing. So like if someone takes a picture of you and you say, oh, I look terrible in that picture. Like, don't do that. Just say, hey, that's a great picture. Don't I look swell? Like, just say positive things about yourself because those little comments, you know, that we just say off the cuff, don't even think about kids, pick it up. You never know what they're going to soak in and hold on to forever. So it's very important that we speak kindly of our bodies so that they in turn will do the same. And those are my top five tips. Great. Thanks so much for sharing those.
Stephanie, where can people find your books? Where, where are they set, sold? Where, where can they access them? Yes. So all of my books are on my website, stephaniebooks.com. And that has a link to Amazon. They're also for sale in Bellingham at the Chipper Bird on Cornwall, owned by the most wonderful human you can ever meet. She's like literally sugar. Her name is Adrienne and she owns the Chipper Bird. I highly recommend you go in just to say hello and be in her presence. And also at Wandering Oaks Fine Arts Gallery, which is on Holly Street, that is owned by Toby and Sherry, also amazing people. Both of these businesses said yes to my books when everyone else was saying no. I was going door to door with my little books. Will you sell my books here? Will you sell my books here? And Adrienne and Toby both said yes. And really, I, I didn't really have any place being in either of their businesses. <laughs> like Toby owns a gallery. And after all this time, even when they've revamped the store and taken about it, they've always kept the space for my books. And so they're just truly wonderful people. And they're also at Village Books too, which is just, you know, all the books are Village Books. I have a funny story about Village Books. They, they featured my fundraiser on cafe radio. And that was on a Friday morning. And they said that you could get my books at Village Books. And so on the following Saturday, I went to Village Books because I had to drop off some of my books. And there was a huge line outside the door. And my thought was, oh my God, these people are here for my books. <laughs> and I'm getting closer and I'm like, they're going to freak out when they see I'm coming. Like they're not expecting me. <laughs> And I'm getting so close and I'm so excited. It's finally happening. And then I see the guy out front with the ticker thing. And it was just because they're at capacity and they had the COVID line. Oh yeah. Filter in the people. (laughs) And so I got in line with everyone else and was instantly humbled. And then I got to the front and I told the ticker guys, I said, you want to hear a funny story? (laughs) I thought this line was for me. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Good time. Well, I think, I think you then just, you know, look in the mirror and say, I'm great too. Clap your hands That's and right. go to the store. That's how it goes. Well, I think you're well on your way and we truly appreciate you taking time to chat with the three of us tonight and tell us more about you and your books. And we look forward to more great things from you. And I just want to remind our listeners that the website is Stephanie Books and that's with an F, not a PH. That's right. Thank so uh, you. make sure everyone knows it's stephaniebooks.com for uh, more information. And there are links in our show notes. Thank you so much. Thanks, Stephanie. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks Bye. so much. Thanks, Stephanie. Okay. Bye. Bye. The Interfaith Coalition of Whatcom County connects local families experiencing homelessness with the skills and tools they need to become self-sufficient in a home of their own. Join Interfaith Coalition on Saturday, April 10th at 7 p.m. for their virtual storytelling fundraiser, Sanctuary, Calm and Chaos. This free event, which you can live stream from your home, will bring the community together to raise money for families experiencing homelessness here in Whatcom County. Storytellers include a Moth Story Slam winner, a Nooksack Tribal Storyteller, and a former Family Promise of Whatcom County guest. Learn more about Interfaith Coalition and register for this virtual fundraiser at interfaith-coalition.org. That's interfaith-coalition.org.
Thanks to our guest, Stephanie Fields. There is a link in the show notes to her website. And as always, thanks to our sponsor, Robinson and Cole Attorneys. You can reach the show through our Facebook page or our email address. That's whatcomedadspodcast at gmail.com. We welcome your feedback and suggestions. Next week, I'll return for a second episode when we discuss what it's like having a baby during the pandemic, nap time for babies, and our favorite, Whatcom County Parks. What's Forrest Gump's email password? I don't know. No idea. One Forrest One. <laughs> oh, man. So I asked my date to meet me at the gym. She didn't show up. That's when I knew we weren't going to work out. <laughs> so painful. <laughs> Don't buy anything made of Velcro. It's a total ripoff. <laughs>